0: Welcome to The Different Functional Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about dick moves. Those minor rude behaviors that, let's admit it, we all do on occasion that annoy people around us. I am Autumn, the older sister, and usually right about now I would give my fact of the day. But instead, I think I'm going to give Ivy's fact of the day instead and call her out on what I would say is her signature dick move. And that is not my monkeys, not my circus.
1: All right. Well, I guess since we're calling each other out on things, or at least you started that, I will call you out on yours, Autumn. I'm Ivy, the younger sister, by the way, if you couldn't figure that out. And uh, Autumn's signature dick move, I would say, is always wearing her smarty pants. Like 24-7, always wearing her smarty pants. Now, We're not going to give a whole lot of detail about what either of these things is. I mean, you could probably make some guesses, but we're not going to give a whole lot of detail about that right now, because since this is an episode about dick moves, we're going to start out with a dick move, which is essentially doing the podcasting version of clickbaiting you. So if you want to know more information about our signature dick moves and hear some anecdotes, you're just going to have to listen to the episode. Now, during the episode, we are not talking about really big, significant dick moves. We're not talking about things that do serious detrimental harm to other people. We're just talking about this stupid, petty little shit that all of us do. And don't try to tell me that you don't do it because we all do it. We all have a little bit of pettiness in us. Nobody's altruistic 100% of the time. We all have a little bit of selfishness. We all have some pettiness. And
0: sometimes we're all kind of dicks. When we started doing the notes for this episode, I thought the idea of dick moves was really a widely known idea because it's in all of the urban dictionaries and so ivy and i were trying to come up with some ideas for this episode and thought hey i'll type in common dick moves into google so that i can find some common dick moves and all i got was a whole bunch of forums about girlfriends being really worried because their boyfriend's penises move and they didn't know if that was normal (laughs) so i also want to be clear if you're not in the know we are not talking literally about penises moving That's a whole different thing. We're just talking about annoying, petty behaviors.
1: Yeah, there's also, there's tons of sex positive podcasts out there. So I'm sure if you want, to listen to a podcast where they're talking about different movements that penises do, you could find that pretty easily. I'm I'm sure it wouldn't take much searching. You could find it.
0: This is not the one. All right. So very clear. We are not talking about penises moving. Instead, we're going to be talking about the 20 fairly common dick moves that many of us do. Though the first dick move we're talking about may seem a little double entendre because dick move number one we're bringing up today... Poking things with sticks. Okay, so before you get the wrong idea about what poking things with sticks is, given the context of our conversation just a few moments ago. What we're talking about with this number one dick move here is the idea of you just put out random actions or statements just to see what happens. I also call this throwing monkey shit. My boyfriend is a monkey in the Chinese zodiac, and one of the things monkeys are known for, or at least I know them for, is they like to do things and start shit just to kind of see what happens. And my boyfriend is... He's, he's he very much a monkey in that way. I don't feel like I do this a lot. I don't think I really throw shit or poke things with sticks, but I know he does a lot. One of the things he loves to do actually with me is withhold information because I need to know. I don't know if it's autism, anxiety, PTSD, but I need to know everything all the time about anything. And so he knows this and he will just withhold random information for no reason. So I'll be like, hey, babe, what time is it? And he's like, oh, it's time. And I'm like, but what time? And he's like, oh, about now. You get what I'm saying? Just just to see what happens. He just does it. Noise the shit out of me.
1: I'm not going to lie. I actually find that kind of funny. I would not do that to you. Um, Because I love you and because our dynamic is different and also because I I know how much that sort of thing stresses you out. But I do kind of find that funny and I might try that on somebody else. However, that being said, uh, I I think you speak falsely when you said that you don't really do this yourself. Because you definitely do. There have been so many times that I have watched you just make shit up, just lie through your teeth and pull things out of your ass for no other reason than just to see if people will believe it. And if that's not poking things with sticks, I don't know what is.
0: Okay, okay. So maybe you've called me out for a second time today. I I will do that. I will say that most of my false statements are not necessarily poking statements. They're often done um, either A, unintentionally, because that does happen with the pressure of speech where shit just falls out of my mouth and like, oh shit, now I have to defend that concept even though I know it's a fucking lie. And they often happen because, well, I'll call myself out here, I am kind of trying to manipulate others with intention. So I'm not just putting it out there to see what happens. I'm actually putting that shit out there to achieve an ultimate end, which is a whole other dick move we will get to later.
1: All right. I feel like you've got lots of motives there and they're all ulterior motives for sure. All right. So number two, our second dick move that we're going to be talking about today is... Purposeful misunderstanding. So this is usually a response to being poked at, and it's basically refusing to to follow insinuations or suggestions or to read between the lines when you're fully capable of it. A lot of people will do this when they feel like they're being micromanaged or this somebody is trying to intentionally manipulate them, or maybe they're trying to do it to intentionally manipulate somebody else. And since I've spent all this time calling Autumn out, I, I will be slightly less of a dick here, and I'll call myself out because I definitely do this and I recently did this with my partner. Calvin and I decided that we wanted pancakes. One morning I was starting to get breakfast ready and I started mixing up the pancake batter and Calvin came out to the kitchen and I was like, hey, do you want to take over pancake duty and I'll make the eggs? Now I did this intentionally because over time, Calvin has slowly just become the chef in our household. I'm sure part of it is he does it because he loves me and he doesn't want me to have to do it. But I also think part of it is because we both know he's a better cook. So I figured he would have a specific way he wanted to do the pancakes. And I also figured, let's face it, he probably would make them better than I did anyway. So I was offering him pancake duty. And he said, no, you do the pancakes. I want to to make the eggs. He, He makes the eggs and he's watching me make pancakes. And he's trying to make all these suggestions about how I need to make the pancakes differently. You should put more batter in the pan. You should have used a different type of pan. You should have changed the heat level on the pan. I was like, hey, I offered you pancake duty. And you turned it down, and that is not my fault. He continued to try to micromanage me. And he also put this bag of blueberries near the the pancake mix. And I saw that bag of blueberries, and I thought, he wants me to add those blueberries to the pancakes. But he didn't say it, and he didn't take pancake duty, so I'm not going to do it, because he's being a micromanaging jerk right now. (laughs) So I didn't add the blueberries to the pancakes. And then when all the pancakes were made, he was like, hey, you didn't put the blueberries in the pancakes. And I was like, I forgot. He had caught on to me like he knew why he, he knew, I think, that I intentionally had not put the blueberries in the pancakes. But I just straight up lied and I was like, I forgot to do it. I'm sorry. Somebody else should have probably taken care of pancake duty when I offered them the opportunity instead of micromanaging everything I did. I was so distracted by you micromanaging me that I forgot to put your blueberries in the pancakes. I'm sorry. So yes, I purposefully misunderstood him because I got tired of being micromanaged and I did it just to get back at him for trying to micromanage me, especially because I offered him pancake duty. The pancakes could have been made perfectly. They could have been made to his standards if he had just taken over pancake duty when I offered it to him. It's not like I was fighting him for it. I was not trying to have pancake domination. So if he didn't have blueberries in his pancakes... I think that's that's on his own hands. That's his own fault and I do not feel guilty about it. I don't even feel guilty about lying about forgetting the blueberries. He brought that on himself.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I feel like our relationships are weird inverted mirrors of one another because this is a situation that Jake and I have gotten into many a times, though I am in the position of Kelvin and Jake is in the position of you. <laughs> Where I'm like, no, babe, you got this. If you just do it like two centimeters to the left and then over there and don't forget to do this and only half a turn to the right. And then he's like, oh, this way? I'm like, no, that's the left. And he's like, oh, then this way? And I'm like, no, that's still the left. And then I realize now... That, that would be purposeful misunderstanding on his part. <laughs> so maybe he pokes things with sticks less often than I think he does. And he's actually just reacting to my uh, overt and covert manipulations more often than not on that. Because, okay, so this one here, the, the purposeful misunderstanding, this actually, I, okay, I'm going to say I don't think I do this one very often. I even call me out if she disagrees. But I have a desperate, horribly desperate need to appear competent to everyone. One all the time. And so if I were to purposefully misunderstand something, I would be very fearful they would interpret that as actual misunderstanding, which would make me look incompetent. And that would be horrible for so many reasons. So I don't usually purposeful misunderstand with humans, though I will say I do this with my pets. So maybe I'm a little bit of an asshole, but I, I think it's kind of fun and they enjoy it because my dog will go over and he'll, he'll jump on the door and he'll go scritch, scritch, scritch. And I'm like, huh what are we doing? Are we playing patty cake? And like, I try to get him to like play patty Wick with me and he gets all excited and he like jumps on the door again. And I'm like, oh, are we jumping? And then I jump with him and he's like, oh my God. And then he wants out and I let him out. But then he's like super excited. And I think maybe he likes me purposely misunderstanding. I don't know. Maybe not.
1: Like he's a little bit of a masochist that just enjoys the suspense of not getting to go outside quite yet. I don't know, maybe. It's a possibility. I feel like dogs do get excited about all sorts of weird things. I feel like if you tried to pull the same thing on your cat though, your your cat would not put up with that. I'm sure your cat would just attack you.
0: No, don't do that with the cat. Learned, he just looks at you like you're a fucking bastard. You know what I want. I, I will pay you back later. I know where you sleep. That's my cat's look. Like, the cat's like I will kill you in your sleep. Yeah. Don't do that with cats. Dogs, okay. Hamsters, ferrets, I don't know about those. I don't have any of those, so I can't comment on that.
1: I feel like hamsters probably wouldn't
0: get that you were doing it.
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm misjudging the intelligence of hamsters, but I don't think they—I don't think they read between the lines very much, and I don't think they really understand a whole lot about what we're saying. Ferrets, on the other hand, I feel like ferrets would be into that because they're just chaos and madness all the time. I feel like they might enjoy it even more than the dog. Okay, we're going tangential we're we're making a lot of assumptions about animal intelligence and how much of a masochist or sadist they are let's move on to number three so our third dick move is button pushing this is somewhat similar to poking things with sticks but poking things with sticks is just kind of casual fun just to see what'll happen it's not really targeted it's not really serving much of a purpose but button pushing This is the act of intentionally escalating other people in order to calm yourself down or for potentially entertainment purposes. But one way or the other, like, you're taking your annoyances out on other people. And I'll speak to this again, but this time I'm not going to call myself out. I'm going to call Calvin out again, which I guess I kind of did the last time, too. I'm being kind of a dick this episode. It's fine. He doesn't even listen, so it's all good. (laughs) All right, so Calvin, he loves to push my buttons. And when I call him out on pushing my buttons, he just does not even more and he gets this impish grin And a fit of the giggles, like he just loves pushing my buttons. And it's, I think it's more fun for him when I know he's pushing my buttons and I say it out loud for some reason that that's more fun for him. But his, his favorite time to do this is when we're around crowds. And to a certain degree, I kind of understand because both of us get really overwhelmed around crowds of people. Now, my way of dealing with being overwhelmed by crowds of people is I withdraw into myself. I make myself small. I'm really irritable. I cuss people out under my breath. Never loud enough for anybody to actually hear or understand me. And I try to get in and out of the crowd as quickly as possible. Calvin, on the other hand, he loves to push my buttons when we're out around crowds because something about aggravating me makes him feel better. And one of his favorite things to do is make pterodactyl sounds. That's what he calls them. And I am very sensitive to sounds, which is part of the reason I don't like crowds. And he will get as close to me as he possibly can, as close to my ear as he can, and make that sound. Or he'll wait until I'm distracted, and then he'll come up behind me and make that sound out of nowhere. And I'll get on to him, and I'll be like, oh my god, can you just can you stop? I, I can't deal with your dinosaur sounds right now. Don't do that when I'm trapped near you. Like, go someplace else and make it. I don't care. Just go somewhere else. I don't want to be around for it. Don't do that right next to my head. And then he'll be like, okay, fine. I won't make pterodactyl sounds, but he won't stop pushing my buttons. He'll find different buttons to push. I hate having my belly button touched. So he's not allowed to make pterodactyl sounds. The next thing he does is go after my belly button. But something about doing that makes him feel better in a crowd, and then he's just in a good mood, and I'm in an even worse mood. And that is definitely a dick move in my book.
0: Now, now on my level, um, I will say, unfortunately, yeah, I I do get it. I am I am to some degree not always a button pusher, to relieve my own tensions. I do this really only in my intimate relationship, at least that I know of. I hope I don't go around doing this with other people. If I do, it's totally unconscious and I should probably clue into that. But uh, in my intimate relationships, I I will start doing things. Um, one of the things Jake does not like is people touching his teeth. And so I try to lick his teeth or kiss his teeth or touch his teeth. But I have found I, found I have to be extremely careful with button pushing in my current relationship because my boyfriend has this random competitive streak that will get activated. Normally he's the most, go with the flow guy. But all of a sudden, if I push the wrong button, it activates competitive Jake. And we will just step up, step up, step up, step up. So it goes from me trying to touch his teeth to tickling, to aggressive tickling, to horseplay, to wrestling. So yeah, it's not abusive. Just to be clear, we're just horse playing around, but we'll both keep stipping it up until we're just about out and out sparring with one another. I will say on an explanation side of this, one of the reasons. I do it, at least I think so, is when I do this, I am extremely escalated and I have all of this restless energy in me. And because my partner is a very go with the flow person, his loop is trying to pull me down. And usually that's really good. And I'm really like, yes, let's go. Let's go down. Let's be relaxed. Let's chill. But sometimes I can't chill. And sometimes I don't want to chill and so him looping with me telling me we should calm down and we should relax feels like manipulation and it feels almost like invalidation. And so I end up doing the button pushing and the escalation almost intentionally to bring him into my world, to be like, oh, you're going to you're gonna try and calm me down with your loop? I don't think so, buddy. I'm going to escalate you with my bullshit. I don't know if that's why everybody does it, but I do think that's why I do it some of the time.
1: I don't think that's why Calvin does it, at least not with me, because I don't try to make him calm down. I just tell him to go do that somewhere else. We're in Costco, for the love of God. You could go to the other side of the store and make pterodactyl sounds at a total stranger. I would not care as long as you're not right next to my head. So I Though don't, I don't think that's why Calvin does it. I think he just genuinely gets enjoyment out of it. He, he gets like a, a childlike glee from pushing my buttons. So I I think it really is just, I don't know, fun on a bun for him or something. (laughs)
0: Fun on a bun. All right, let's move on to dick move number four. And that is stirring the pot. And I'm sure a lot of you know what this is all about. But this is basically... You're making shit happen on a larger scale. It's not just a momentary thing, but a larger unfolding drama. So you know all about poking things with sticks. You know all about pushing buttons. But you're not really satisfied with doing this with an individual on an occasion. You want to do it with the whole group dynamic. You you want to do everybody's buttons. You want to poke everybody with a stick and see what happens.
1: I feel like this is one that Autumn and I legitimately do not do because we actually really do hate drama. I don't even watch TV shows or movies that have a lot of drama in them because I'm just annoyed by it and it escalates me and it puts me in a bad mood. So I feel like these are legitimately things Autumn
0: and I don't really do. Oh no. Oh no. We do. I don't think we do this because I'm on the same as you. Um, Reality TV shows, I can not stand reality TV shows because that's a big thing what they are they're all about stirring the pot and encouraging the couples to argue and creating drama and I get almost like a trauma fear response when this happens so I sit there watching like the amazing race and they're like you were supposed to turn right on the boulevard and I'm like stop arguing can't we just give <laughs> so no I am definitely not a pot I may be unconsciously doing other shit but I am not I'm not doing the pot stirring intentionally hell no
1: Yeah, I I feel like this is something that comes from our childhood, because our family's MO was to triangulate and have these little one-on-one relationships, and then there would be this stuff that was going on behind the scenes, and everybody just resented and hated each other in silence, and then about twice a year, it would explode And there'd be tons of people yelling and screaming and there'd be fights and then Autumn and I would end up in a bathroom or outside the house in winter crying, just trying to get away from all of it. So I feel like that's why we don't really stir the pot because we don't want drama to unfold. We want there to be as little drama as possible because... It feels very unsafe to us to have a lot of drama. But these people do irritate me. This is a dick move that irritates the living shit out of me because I don't do it and I don't like drama and I don't like being around it. I'm sure most of the time it's probably not that big of a deal. Because lots of people like stirring the pot. There's That's why there's so many trolls and stuff on the internet who like to just say inflammatory things to upset people. But man, it can get
0: pretty gnarly. My big experience is, of course, at work. Interestingly, though, it was not actually my coworkers that was stirring the pot. With the job that this happened with, I was a group leader for kids in the mental health field. And so I was working with, I want to say they were like 8 to 10-year-olds. And this kid... He, he set the standard for budding sociopath. Like, I still measure other sociopaths up to him. If you're an adult and you don't measure up to the sociopath level, I'm kind of disappointed in you if you're trying to be a sociopath. Because, I mean, come on, this 10-year-old did it great. And what he would do is a lot of the other kids... Didn't think things through impulse control issues. So you'd be staring right at them They'd hit the friend in the face and be like it wasn't me Miss autumn. This kid was smart What he would do is he would wait until you turned around to grab something off of a counter. And he would whisper to Kid B next to him and say, hey, hey, Kid B, Kid C was saying this about your mom. So that by the time I turn back around, Kid B hits Kid C and Kid A, who started all this shit, is like, Miss Autumn, Miss Autumn, did you just see that? I feel so unsafe. And he actually did this so well that he managed to completely manipulate the uh, other group leader I was with, (laughs) who was was not a very group good group leader and did not have a lot of self awareness cuz he allowed himself to be pulled into this. But yeah, this kid was really really good at it. Like I said though, I think he took it to to somewhat sociopathic levels and if he continues this into his adult life, yeah, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on to Dick Move number 5 and as this is Ivy's signature Dick Move, I'm going to I'm going to let her talk about it.
1: This is the not my circus, not my monkeys. So this is you refusing to get involved when you could, because it's not your issue. And I know this is a dick move, and I'm not very nice for being like this. But honestly, for the most part, I very rarely interfere with what other people got going on. I could be watching you make a mistake. I'm watching you do it the whole time. And I could say something. I could redirect you. I could try to help. I could do something, but I'm not going to. And there's a couple of reasons why I'm not going to. One, I have very little investment in people overall. And I don't want to get involved in other people's stuff. I have enough stuff of my own. I don't want to get involved in anybody else's stuff. But also, I am a pretty firm believer that people learn best from their own mistakes. So for the most part, I just let people make their own mistakes. I don't try to warn them. I don't do, I told you so, I don't do anything like that. I I never even let them know that I saw them make the mistake. I figure, you know, it's, it's probably good for you to make that mistake yourself. And I honestly expect the same courtesy from other people. Unless somebody's life is on the line, I'm not going to interfere with your business And I expect the same from you. They say, treat others the way that you want to be treated. And I would like other people to leave me alone and make my own decisions and make my own mistakes if necessary. So I just extend the same courtesy to other people. If you want to fuck up your life, that's up to you. That's cool. You'll figure it out eventually or not.
0: Okay, I will say that part of this probably for you is the uh, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think part of it, too, is just lack of resources or motivation. And maybe, okay, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think also you get a little bit of mild entertainment out of this. Kind of like the, uh, we've talked about it before, but the Christopher Titus comedy special where how do dads raise a kid and the kid goes to put a penny in the socket and the mom wants to be like, no, don't do that and, and slap his little hand and the dad's like, wait. Wait for it. Wait, and then lets the kid electrocute himself. But then again, he did say he did that because now you can go up to the kid and be like, "You're not going to do that again, now, are you?" So you kind of remind me of the dad in the Christopher Titus special.
1: You know, I think in a lot of ways, I'm more like a like a dad, like an old school dad, than I am like a mom. I think I have more paternal instincts than I'd have maternal instincts. But I'm like a dad from the 60s, just like, yeah, you'll figure it out. You're fine get back up you're you're fine you made a mistake it's cool you're not going to do it again if you do you're really stupid (laughs) i have a little bit of survival of the fittest attitude in me and again though it is the same across the board if i do something really stupid and i mess myself up because i did something really stupid it's kind of my own fault so I, you know, I, again, I have the same expectations both ways. It is a little bit different if somebody actually asks me for help. A lot of times I, I am willing to help if somebody will ask me, but I'm not going to interject myself into their bad choices. If they have too much pride to ask for help, which I also, a lot of times have too much pride to ask for help. And I've had to learn from my mistakes. I feel like, again, people learn best from their own mistakes. So if they ask for help, I'll, I'll I'll help. I'll give them some guidance and direction, but I also put the disclaimer that like, yeah, I don't know if this is gonna work, man. This worked for me, but you're you're still kind of on your own. I'm not gonna take any responsibility. That's what it comes down to. I don't want to have responsibility for other human beings. That's why I don't have kids.
0: So I agree with Ivy on this theoretically. Like I love the "not my circus, not my monkey's dick" move, and I actually wish this is a dick move. I could have more often. But the reality is, is my motto is more not my circus, but I will adopt these monkeys and raise them how they should be raised because I am a bit hyper responsible. And so usually when I go into, you know, I was going to say usually when I go into a work environment, but when I go into any environment just about, I mean, I've found myself like restocking things in grocery stores I don't work at because it was done inappropriately. That's, it's just how I am sometimes. And so I do, I do go in. And I say, okay, these... This is not my circus. I don't own this circus. These are not my monkeys, but the monkeys are ill-kept and I could do better with the monkeys and the monkeys could do amazing tricks. And so I can't not adopt the monkeys and train the monkeys and love the monkeys, which is really not good for a work environment. Because if you've, you know, worked for someone else ever, especially in the corporate world and large corporations, investing that many resources into a company's monkeys does not really benefit you. And so what usually happens with me is I put all of my love and all of my energy into these work monkeys and then I get burnt out. And then I'm like, fuck it. (laughs) Let the monkeys run rampant. What do I care anymore? And then people get really pissed off and they think I'm actually sabotaging things intentionally because... Up until now, I had taken responsibility for the monkeys. And now when I'm finally like saying, you know, it really, I wasn't supposed to be responsible for the monkeys. Like I'm not being paid to babysit or train the monkeys. Then they get really pissed off at me. And so it starts looking really intentional. So I think I need to learn how to to foster the not my circus, not my monkeys attitude sooner. So it doesn't look like I'm a huge asshole. Just, just a minor asshole.
1: See, and all of that is exactly why I automatically go to Not My Circus, Not My Monkeys. That's part of it. Because it takes so much more energy than it's worth. It almost never pans out well for you. You you give way too much of yourself for really no reason at all. And I watch other people do that all the time. And that's one of those things that I look at and I'm like, Not My Circus, Not My Monkeys. If you want to feel like you're (laughs) responsible for all of these other crazy ass people, that's up to you. So I'm just going to sit over here. I, I will fly under the radar. I will not be an issue for you, but I'm not going to help you in making other people not be an issue for you. You're on your own there. You're just going to have to get to the point where you're just at your limit and you just stop caring and stop trying to fix things that, that just want to stay broken. That is exactly why I love this dick move of mine is because I, res- I, I conserve so much energy and I do get some entertainment out of it.
0: And I I laugh at that because I feel like I have gotten that conversation almost exactly in some form from Ivy on previous occasions where she's just like, I'm not going to step in and save you from your bad decisions, Autumn, when you've once again gone and adopted people's monkeys. Which, though, does kind of go into the next point. So number six of our dick moves is I told you so. And so I will say, though, that Ivy does not usually actually go over into the I told you so. She just absolves herself of responsibility. So the I told you so is essentially getting satisfaction out of people's failures, usually because those failures prove you are right. You tell them, hey, I don't think you should do that. They do it. It blows up in your face and you're like, told you so. So when Ivy and I were initially doing our notes for this one, I thought, you know, I really don't say I told you so very often because apparently I was not really aware before the notes for this episode of how big of an asshole I was. And so I was like, yeah, I don't. I don't tell people I told you so. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, no. (laughs) What I do is two things. I, uh, first off, I say, this is why we. I don't say I told you say I say this is why we because I've adopted your monkeys. I'm raising your monkeys, right? And so I'm giving you input on what to do with these monkeys, obviously, because I'm a controlling person. And so this happens a lot in my intimate relationship where I'm like, you know, it's going to be really cold tomorrow. It'll be like negative four when we get home. We should probably get wood now. And Jake's like, nah, we'll do that tomorrow because he is very ADD. And he's like, yeah, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it tomorrow. Me likes doing things now. Me doesn't, which I respect, whatever. And then it's negative four tomorrow and we didn't get sticks the previous day when it was warm and he's out there grumbling and is all pissy because it's really cold and we're getting sticks and i'm like this is why we get sticks when it's warmer (laughs) which is kind of me saying i told you to get the fucking sticks yesterday didn't i but now you're out here freezing your ass off so so i as i realize that that also means i need to change that behavior in my relationship because that's not good and then the other thing that i do uh which ivy nicely pointed this out to me during the uh the beginning of our session today was i also just casually reference previous experiences and and say you know yeah it's kind of like when this happened which I won't say I told you that that was what was going to happen, but it will recall the conversation in which we discussed said event happening and thus hopefully trigger the advice I had given you at the time, which was the advice that you had not followed, thus insinuating that maybe had you listened to my advice, things would have not gone badly, which I think is just... (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that's a dick move multiplier because it's like I told you so passive aggressively.
1: Most of the time when Autumn has done this, it has been in reference to my relationships because I will admit most of my big mistakes in life, if not all of my big mistakes in life, have been in reference to romantic relationships that I have been in. And because I am stubborn, And not always as self-aware as I would like to be. I have repeated a lot of the same mistakes over and over in relationships. So when those problems arise again in a relationship, Autumn just kind of casually mentions my exes in passing she doesn't hover over it she doesn't hound me about it she just mentions my exes in passing and this thing that my ex used to do that is similar to what's currently going on in my relationship and then she just moves on and i know what she's doing i know it's her version if i told you so but here's the thing i don't take offense to it because in my mind she actually is justified in getting some vindication out of it. If I'm stupid enough to make the same mistake multiple times... She deserves to feel some vindication and I should probably be called out on it. I do appreciate that she doesn't just like stick on that point though. She just does it casually in passing. Although I do suspect that is a strategic move on her part because she knows me and she knows how stubborn I am. And she knows that if she does stick on that point and hound me about it, I'm just going to dig in my heels further. So I think it's partially strategic on her part. But again, it's... It's fine. I'm I'm cool with her way of doing I told you so with me because it's it's quick. It's very quick. It's over, you know, fairly painlessly for me.
0: Now, I, I will say, though, part of this isn't just vindication on my end. Part of this is because sometimes I look at things too objectively. And I think perhaps Ivy has not made the connection between these two behaviors that look very much alike. And so I shall help educate her by providing comparison relationships with these things. So it's partially vindication and partially, perhaps she just does not understand. And so I shall teach her, which is probably also kind of a dick move that ties in with my signature dick move of being a smarty pants.
1: But again, if I'm stupid enough to make the same choice multiple times and have it blow up in my face multiple times, I could see how you would think that maybe I just didn't notice I was making the same mistake multiple times. To be clear, I'm well aware that I made the same mistake, <laughs> mistake multiple times. <laughs> like I said, I'm stupid sometimes. So it's it's cool. Uh, I don't generally do I told you so's because like we were talking about before, usually my approach is not my circus, not my monkeys. There are a few rare occasions though. Yeah, I'm going to add a little caveat in here when Autumn first said, the uh, what the I told you says was, it was like taking satisfaction out of people's failures because their failures prove you right. But sometimes to me, it's not always their failures. It's when their true colors start to show. And everybody up to this point has thought they were wonderful and amazing. And then they start showing that they're not wonderful and amazing. And I generally consider myself to be a pretty good judge of character. So when situations like that come up, I do take some pleasure out of that. The uh, most recent one that's come up, and I don't know how many of you watch football, probably not a whole lot. I never used to watch football until uh, Calvin and I got together. But Calvin used to love Tom Brady. The whole world loved Tom Brady. They just thought he was the best thing ever. He was like the golden boy. That's what he was. And he had a perfect smile, and he was an athlete, and he was perfect and amazing. And everybody loved him. And he was so nice. And he was like such a great football player. And any time that people would bring it up, it would just grate on my nerves because I never trust people like that. Anybody that looks too squeaky clean like that, I never trust it. I never trust it. And so the first couple of years that Calvin and I were together he loved Tom Brady and he'd bring up Tom Brady and I'm like I just don't trust him I just don't trust him I don't like the guy there's just something about him that doesn't sit right with me I don't think he's that I don't think he's as perfect as everybody's painting him out to be and then over the last couple of years Tom Brady has thrown a lot of temper tantrums acted like a diva his marriage fell apart because he chose football over his wife and Calvin finally said to me you know I think you might have been right about Tom Brady and I got so happy about it. And I know that's awful. Like I, I'm not happy that the man's marriage is over. Uh, I'm, I'm not happy about the fallout for his wife and kids. But I do take vindication in knowing that, to some degree, I was right. I don't know how horrible of a person he is. He's probably, he, maybe he's just going through a rough time or not. I don't know. But he went from being, like, perfectly controlled all the time and always just, you know, the happy, smiling spokesman of America, basically. He was just the golden boy next door. And he's just acted like such a jackass over the last couple of years. And people started to turn on him. And part of me was like, I was right. I had the same reaction with Russell Wilson. I never liked that guy either and then he's acted like kind of a jackass the last couple of years and all the people in Seattle who are Seahawks fans who loved Russell Wilson and thought he was the best thing that ever happened now they've all turned on him I don't know why that brings me joy but it does and I know that's terrible and neither of them is probably that horrible of a person but just knowing that I saw like these people that seemed like they had this squeaky clean image and everybody loved them and they were just so elevated above the common man and I was like nah now that's doesn't exist. People like that don't exist. Nobody's that squeaky clean. They, they got bad habits too. They got shitty things about them. They do their dick moves too. They're just not showing them. So when they finally show them and people start to turn on them, part of me, part of me really likes that. I'm an asshole.
0: I I I do that, too. I do take joy out of being right about my perceptions of people. And this is pretty much every single charismatic person I've ever encountered in my life, because everybody gets, you know, they're blown away by the charisma and like, oh, this guy's so great. And he's so nice. And as soon as I come up against somebody charismatic, I'm automatically like, what do you want from me? How are you manipulating me? And every single time I have been proven right, then I'm like, yeah, this charismatic guy is an asshole. And every time they're like, no. And then later they're like, oh, my God, you were right. And I'm like, no bitches, listen. <laughs> anyway, there is something just so satisfying about that. I don't know what it is. All right. All right. Let's move on to dick move number seven. And this is Get My Popcorn. And so these are the people that love watching other people's dramas unfold. Sometimes this is why people stir the pot so they can get their popcorn and watch the drama. Sometimes, though, you're just living in your apartment and all of a sudden you hear your neighbors fighting and having a domestic over there and you get your honey and you're like, Hey, hey, honey, grab the beer, grab the popcorn. The neighbors are at it again and you listen in on their fight. This is another one I don't do too much because, like I said, drama makes me uncomfortable. And so this is like a real life reality TV show in the apartment next door. So I'm not the kind like get my popcorn and I'm like, uh, have 911 on speed dial. Make sure we lock the door because I'm more nervous about this than anything. I will say the only place I really do this is really, really minimal things, very superficial things. So my boyfriend has these group of people that he sometimes hangs out with. I say sometimes, it's been like twice, but that's a lot for him. So he sometimes hangs out with them and he uh, went to one of their gatherings and there was like no snacks, which is so weird to me because I'm like, why do you invite over people over and you don't have snacks? And then he went to another gathering and apparently they had marijuana was on you know offer, but his skin, there was no snacks. And so now I'm like super enthused. And every time he goes to hang out with these people, I'm like, were there snacks? And it's, it's a very superficial thing, but I am eating my popcorn, listening to his little stories about what I have now termed the snackless bandits. Because I mean, who, who has a party, who has a gathering, provides marijuana and does not provide snacks? Like what? I don't even do marijuana, but I get the marijuana makes you hungry. What is happening here, people? That is the cutest thing to me ever, that that is your version of
1: the the get my popcorn, that you're just so invested in whether or not they have snacks. And they never do, but you're just so invested in whether or not they might this time.
0: Okay, (laughs) okay, okay. So for the record, though, my boyfriend ended up telling them that I had termed them the snackless bandits. They did get offended. And then they had a potluck. You made them feel so judged that they not only provided
1: snacks, they had a potluck. That's awesome. That's like, I don't know, almost like a masterful dick move that we did not include on the list is just being able to manipulate a situation in such a way to make other people feel so bad about themselves they have to prove you wrong.
0: I also feel like I am not, as we talk about this, doing the get my popcorn right. I think I've stepped back into adopting monkeys here because I'm pretty sure get my popcorn is just voyeuristic watching. And obviously I went in and adopted some monkeys somewhere. So I don't think I'm doing get my popcorn at all.
1: (laughs) I don't really do this a whole lot either. When I do, it's usually on a super broad scale. And I'm kind of, it kind of comes from a space of nihilistic humor. Because uh, I watch the political climate in the US right now, and I am somebody who considers myself relatively centrist. I hate the far right. I hate the far left. Can't stand either of them. Two sides, the same coin. And it drives me crazy because I I feel like humans are so bad at moderation and balance and compromise. They just want to be one extreme or the other. So my version of the get my popcorn is just watching people on opposite sides of the aisle go at each other, just aggressively and viciously going at each other. And I'm just sitting in the background and I'm like, planet's dying. And there's way too many people. And we just can't help but self-combust. We just are destroying ourselves with political and religious ideologies as while the planet is actually dying. And I, I find it's very difficult to take anybody who has really extreme views and bring them back towards a center point, You know, get them to compromise in any way, shape, or form. The world is burning and you guys are fighting over something that Shouldn't even be an issue. What you could do is just leave each other alone. Let other people make their own decisions. If we all took more of an not my circus, not my monkeys kind of thing, I feel personally like we could avoid a lot of the shit that goes on because a lot of the horrible things humans do to each other comes from a space of you're wrong and I'm right and let me aggressively come after you for it and attack you. But if more of us were just like, yeah, you know, not my circus, not my monkeys, we'll just leave each other alone. Since people won't do that, I'm just going to laugh while the world burns because I feel like that's the best option I have left.
0: (laughs) Now, now that is getting very close, though, to our dick move number eight which is roasting marshmallows. So with Get My Popcorn, you're entertained by the people fighting, by the drama unfolding, by the world burning. Uh, Roasting marshmallows is when you are gleefully enjoying all of the aforementioned. So you're not just mildly laughing. You're like dancing around, doing a little happy dance, being so just delightful that things are just going to shit for these people partially because you told them so partially because they didn't listen to you and partially because they're pretty much dicks that deserved it anyways because let's admit it when things go bad for other people and we're really happy about it it's often because we don't really like those people very much (laughs) so my gleeful thing which which definitely probably does make me a, a dick In a way, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of means. I come from generation upon generation that was living paycheck to paycheck, if that. And so the idea of riches, millions or billions or even even $50,000 a year income is so far beyond my comprehension. And I see all of these rich people as being so entitled and wasting their money on so many unnecessary things when so many people are suffering. And so when bad things happen to rich people, I I grab my marshmallows for that fire and I watch them burn and I laugh gleefully as I roast that toasty, tasty marshmallow as bad things happen to rich people because they finally have to wade through the shit that the rest of us have to swim in. And so it makes me happy that I'm just like, yes, come suffer with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can hear how giddy you are there. I do find that, like you said, a lot of super rich people spend a lot of money on stupid shit uh, and sometimes really destructive stuff. So when bad things happen to those people, I do take some, some joy in that because I do like watching people get their comeuppance for abusive behavior, whether that's abusive behavior of other people or if it's abusive behavior of the planet or of animals. I really do like seeing people get their comeuppance. And I am a huge fan of true crime. Different people listen to true crime for all sorts of different reasons. I am there for the comeuppance. I want the bad guy to get caught and I want them to be punished
0: for it. I don't really have to tie-in with that one. So uh, our number nine dick move, which is handing out rope. It's about giving others just enough rope with which to hang themselves. So, you know, they're going to do you wrong. You know, they're going to cheat on you or betray you or scam you or whatever. And so you just keep giving them just enough rope so that they can create that noose and prove what a douchebag they are. And again, initially, as we were going over the notes, I'm like, I don't do this to people. I don't do this. And then I'm like, oh, shit, no, I do this with all humans ever. Which is why I have so few friends, because I give everybody just enough space to prove that you're probably going to be too much drama, too much work, require me to, like, I don't know, text you once every six months or something, which is asking a lot for me. And then I'm like, yeah, see, you're just too much drama. I I can't have you in my life. You've proven that you're just too needy of a person. I love that on the one
1: hand, you can't stand how needy people are when they want to be your friend but you will happily adopt a bunch of rowdy ass monkeys friends are too needy but you know what all of these people I don't care about doing this thing I don't actually care about I'll take responsibility (laughs) for them I'll put my energy there I am somewhat amused by that
0: I'm not saying it's the (laughs) smart move I'm just saying this is how my life operates all of my energy is being spent on other people's monkeys I am trying to foster the not my circus not my monkeys attitude but until that time, yes, the, the the orphan monkey shall get all my attention and my friends shall get not.
1: I'm kind of curious to see when you can get past adopting other people's monkeys, how much energy you have for friendships. Your circle of friends will... Explode, and there'll just be so many of them. You'll just be super popular once you uh, once you stop adopting other people's monkeys.
0: No, I, I, I think know. I think what's going to happen is I will still have a very small circle of friends. But I will then tempt, attempt to smother them with the love and attention and control that I have thus far spent on the monkeys. And then I will not have friends for another reason, because I have chased them all away.
1: Maybe. I don't know, you'll have to keep me updated and informed about what happens there if you ever stop adopting monkeys, which I'm not entirely certain that you are capable of doing. I mean, I'm sure you are capable of it, but it would take such a tremendous amount of effort for you to refrain from adopting monkeys that I don't know if you'll ever follow through on it. So I'll put it that way. You're capable, but I don't know that you'll ever actually stop doing it. Um, All right, so how do I hand out rope to people? One of the stupid things that I used to do in relationships, one of the many stupid things I used to do in relationships was not tell them when I was upset about something because I didn't like conflict and confrontation and I hated having to communicate about difficult topics. So I wouldn't. What I would do instead was I would just let them keep repeating the same things that I hated until I resented them so much that it killed off all feeling that I had for them so that I could feel justified in leaving them without having to feel guilty or without having to feel any real sense of loss about splitting up with them. Which is a really dick move i'm just gonna say if that is your mo in relationships ill-advised you'll end up with lots of shame and then autumn will also mention to you in (laughs) past mistakes that were made in past relationships
0: but don't worry i will only mention those if you are not my friend but merely an orphaned monkey so just you know seek out a friendship (laughs) with me and we'll be good All right, so let's move on to dick move number 10, which is delusions of grandeur. And so this isn't the psychological mental illness symptom here, but this is the idea of finding that random arbitrary reason to feel superior to someone else. So you're like, oh, well, I work out or I eat healthy and that person doesn't, which you may not say it out loud, but inside your head, you're thinking that that makes me a better person. So and this wasn't one where I was like, oh, I don't have that. I was like, oh, but I have so many reasons to feel superior to other people. It's hard to pick just one. There's my knowledge of musicals, because obviously, if I know about musicals and you don't, you're a complete unartistic dunce. Mental health issues makes me completely abnormal. And who wants to be normal? So obviously, that makes me better than you. A coveted psychological knowledge. So even if you are fucked up like I'm fucked up, I probably know more about it because I've researched it. So I feel more self-aware than you are. And then, oh, my, my favorite one is uh, Liberace. <laughs> For whatever reason, I judge people so hardcore if they don't know who Liberace is. I I don't know why, but I know who Liberace is. And if you don't, well, obviously your parents and grandparents just didn't love you enough to expose you to the arts. That's all I can say.
1: I don't know that I have ever judged my superiority on the basis of whether or not people know Liberace until this moment. I theoretically understand why the younger generation might not know who Liberace is, but I feel like everybody should take it upon themselves to learn about Liberace. (laughs) Liberace should be a name that everybody knows, just like Elton John. Everybody should know who Elton John is, too. He's just such a character. How can you not know who they are? I see people determine themselves as being superior to others for a wide variety of reasons that make no sense to me. Like the people who think that they're superior because they happen to be more physically attractive or because they have more money because they're more uh, formally educated. None of these things to me mark out superiority of other people. And because I'm seeing all of that, and it annoys me that people do this, what I find myself doing and this is where my delusions of grandeur come in, is that I start talking about humans as though I am not one. Almost like I am narrating a documentary, David Attenborough style, about humans as though I am something else, as though I I am an (laughs) alien or some advanced being that does not stoop to human levels. But I get so annoyed with other human beings. I just find that as I'm getting older... I use the word human a lot as though I am not human myself. So I guess that's where my delusions of grandeur come in. And maybe that makes me even worse than all the other people that have stupid, arbitrary reasons for thinking of themselves as being superior when I am in fact human and acting just like them in a lot of ways. So that's, <laughs> that, that's how I roll, apparently i've got really big delusions they're they're very grand delusions of grandeur i'd like to believe that i am something more than human but i am not i'm just as just awful as the rest of you
0: (laughs) i don't find arbitrary reasons to be superior which makes me so much more superior it is that is a very grandiose grandeur i I like it (laughs)
1: i feel like it it also matches up with my astrology because my sun sign is aquarius and they do seem most aquarians do seem to see themselves as something other than human so i guess it just fits with fits with my my zodiac there but now having said all that out loud i do feel pretty awful but i'm not going to stop referring to humans as humans because that's still how i feel
0: (laughs) now i I will say i do feel some of the same way some part of me wonders if i am actually human or if i'm like some alien or subspecies honestly but now we do get to move on to dick move number 11 which is my favorite dick move the one in which i feel most comfortable which is my my smarty pants (laughs) this is essentially when you prove People wrong. You take satisfaction in knowing more than other people and improving them wrong. And you say whatever you want, but so many people do this. But for me, also, I just like to play the authority. Part of it's safety. Part of it's maybe poking things with sticks. Part of it is manipulating other people. But, uh, Yeah, I intentionally use big words. I definitely will know a lot more than others in a lot of circumstances. And if I don't, I will pretend. There was a question I responded to on Facebook. What subject could you talk to an audience about for 15 minutes with no preparation? And I was like, absolutely any, as long as nobody's fact-checking me. I don't think I have any other pants in my wardrobe besides the smarty pants. I also don't actually have a wardrobe, but that word seemed bigger than closet. And so I wanted to use it.
1: (laughs) I can attest to this. All of Autumn's pants are so smart. They might be able to walk around on their own and become self-aware. I don't know how much I wear the smarty pants anymore. I definitely have quite a bit over the course of my life. I don't think I do it as much intentionally now as I used to. But what does tend to happen that I am very aware of is that because of how I express myself and how monotone I generally am, when I state my opinions about things, it sounds very matter of fact. And so a lot of times when I've expressed my opinion about something, people have taken it as fact when that is not how I intended it to be taken. And then they express that to other people as facts. I don't find myself intentionally wearing smarty pants so much anymore. I did a lot when I was younger because I think everybody in our family, I don't know about our brother, but pretty much everybody else in our family got a lot of uh, satisfaction and self-worth from feeling smarter than other people. So I think we come by that honestly, but I have tried very hard not to do that intentionally as much as I used to.
0: I am trying to tone this one down because this one was actually a, a trauma response for me. Definitely. It was a way to control situations. And that's why I did this dick move. And so I am trying to tone it down as I work on my trauma stuff and feel like I don't have to control the situation the same way I don't have to adopt people's monkeys and I don't have to tell them how to raise their monkeys. Uh, i've not gotten there yet i'm still looking for i mean i at this point i would be happy with like smarty capris and then getting into smarty shorts just like (laughs) cutting it off you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i I will say though one of my favorite things about you wearing smarty pants all the time is that you also like my partner does this too neither of you accepts what i say as fact you both routinely disagree with me, which is quite refreshing. And I actually kind of like that uh, because I usually learn something from each of you about whatever the topic is, because I express my opinion. And then you're like, no, no, that's not that 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 doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense. And then I look at it and I'm like, huh, I guess that doesn't really make any sense. I may not take your opinion or your fact as being truth, but it does actually force me to to look at things differently. I like having a few people in my life that actually question and disagree with me openly.
0: And I would like to say that the reason Ivy doesn't just take ours and be like, oh, well, they obviously know, would be because of dick move number 12. And that is innocuous... Manipulation. So, this is basically seeing how far you can go before someone catches on. So, you just keep pushing it and pushing it and kind of seeing what you can get away with. This is directly connected to the smarty pants, in that, because I play the authority and because I've learned that if you say anything with enough confidence, people will believe it. I sometimes do, with the intent to manipulate others, lie. (laughs) To put it boldly and baldly to see if people believe it. Sometimes I will say it pops out of my mouth without intention. Like I get the pressure of speech. I get the social anxiety. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I worked on a lobster boat back when I was 21. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't work on a lobster boat when I was 21. But now it's out there and I am not backing down. I, I kind of enjoy the
1: stories that you tell. For the most part, I've gotten really good at knowing when Autumn is bullshitting me. The last thing that Autumn did that got me for years, and then it took me such a long time to catch up to. You know, I don't even think I did. I think Autumn told me eventually, cause I just flat out asked her why she did it. We would be out and about, we'd go to the store, we'd go to a park or just anywhere. And Autumn would pick something up and she would hold it out to me. She wouldn't say anything. She would just pick something up and she would hold it out to me. And every time, I would take it. She wouldn't give any explanation. She, After I took it, she'd just walk off. So I never knew why she would answer to me. And it took years before I really questioned it. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, I actually did ask you once why you did that. And she just looked at me. And she was like, because you take it. <laughs> Every time I took it for years, I would just take whatever she handed me without explanation. and Then I would be left with this thing that I didn't know what to do with. And sometimes it was, you know, something at least cool. Like she'd hand me like a stuffed animal or something soft and fuzzy. I I guess she just wanted me to feel this and I'll just put it back
0: on the shelf. But sometimes she'd hand me literal garbage. (laughs) What do you want me to do with it? It is, it's so convenient when there's not a garbage can. Seriously, just reach out, hand it to a person with intent. They take it, not your issue anymore, and you're not littering. I'm just saying.
1: I, and I have to admit, okay, I do feel really stupid for, for doing that for years, just taking it and never asking why. Just standing there in confusion, holding this thing that I didn't need or didn't want. But I feel slightly less stupid because I started doing the same thing to other people. And without fail, people will always take it from you. I don't think there's ever been a single time that I've held something out to somebody and they did not take it from me. At least until I tell them what's going on and then they feel stupid and they won't take it anymore. But I'm guessing Autumn is probably, whether she meant to or not, started a chain reaction of people just holding random stuff out to another person to see if that person will take it. I'm pretty sure if we could actually draw a map, there'd be quite a butterfly effect going on. There's probably somebody on the other side of the world right now who's holding a random thing out to somebody. And it stems back to Autumn.
0: I I kind of hope so. I hope I've made this impression. If this is the only legacy I leave, I expect accept that. I totally do. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to dick move number 13. And like it or not, some of you might feel called out. Some of you might be offended or annoyed by this, but soapboxing. Yes, it is a dick move because essentially you are trying to force your opinion down somebody else's throat is essentially what's happening. And there is a quote out there, which I've always found humorous. Religion is like a dick. It's fine to have one. It's fine to be very proud of yours, but it's not okay to shove it down somebody's throat. And that's kind of how it goes with most opinions as far as I'm concerned. But Given that, though, I will still say that I have a very, very bad history of soapboxing. I had a whole collection of soapboxes in my youth that I would climb up on any time. I used to think it was my duty to bang my head against the fence and let everybody know what sheep we were and how we needed to escape the box and nobody wanted to hear it and I wasn't really coming across like I needed to. Now I find most of my soapboxing is actually done intentionally, and it doesn't occur to me until afterwards because it's an autistic hang-up of right is right and wrong is wrong and black is black and white is white and you get this rigid thinking this is especially true when it comes to the rules thing like if there is a rule recently learned that apparently for a lot of neurotypical people rules aren't rules they're like vibes they're like suggestions they're like ideals and it's still really hard for me to accept that that's how, because it might, but I'm like, it's a rule. That's what it is. And so even now you can see, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not climb up on the soap box, but that little autistic part of me that says, but that's what that is, gets really aggravated and it wants to let you know all about it.
1: This is another one that I think Autumn and I both, it, it, we, we come by it honestly, because I feel, personally, both of our parents did a lot of soapboxing when we were kids, just like forcefully expressing their opinions to anybody who would listen. And sometimes even when they wouldn't listen, because our parents just felt very strongly about lots of things. So I feel like we both come by it honestly. I have tried to really curb this in myself as well. For, you know, somewhat funny note that applies to both Autumn and I here, this is a pattern we fall back into so easily we did once scrap an entire episode of this podcast our first take on, i don't remember which episode it was i don't know if autumn does but we <laughs> scrapped the entire first take we recorded an entire episode and then afterward it was like the day after we both were like we probably should not release that one because that's we were just ranting and tangential and just we were soapboxing the entire time so we scrapped an entire episode and started over uh <laughs> (laughs) So we both come by that, honestly, we both have a bad habit of doing it and we fall back into that pattern way too easily. I have tried very, very hard to curb this in myself because when I was younger, I was extremely idealistic. I guess in some ways I still am. They're just different ideals than I used to have. But when I was super idealistic and I was going through like my vegan phase, for instance, I was never a militant vegan, but I definitely did try to push the idea of veganism on anyone and everyone that I knew. So things along those lines, I did stuff like that a lot. I will say one of the things that has helped me tremendously in curbing that habit is Facebook memories, because every time a Facebook memory comes up and I read something I posted a few years ago and I'm like, I am such an asshole. I need to not ever do that so Facebook memories are really, really helpful. If you need to be shamed out of a bad habit or behavior and you have Facebook, you should definitely look at your Facebook memories anytime that they pop up. I, I guarantee you it will be beneficial as long as you can make use of it and not just tear yourself down about it. But yeah, that's that's helped me out a lot in curbing that habit because I can see what a jackass I was being. And then I see other people doing the same thing. And then I get delusions of grandeur because I'm like, oh, this is something that humans do and you're supposed to grow out of it and people don't grow out of it and they're being humans. How awful. (laughs) And then I have to check myself again because I've got these delusions of grandeur and I'm being awful in a different kind of way. So I I gotta keep myself in check
0: the soapboxing is hard not to do like you're just out there walking and you're like oh i must have gotten on some stairs and that's why i'm walking up but then you realize you're on top of a box preaching but you never realize it until after the fact ivy and i recorded that two and a half three hours unedited. we're going three hours ranting it got, it was like a three hour foamy the squirrel neurodivergent rant is what that was and <laughs> neither of us even thought about it. it Was all good great episode wrap up do notes for the next time and then the next day we're like oh my god oh my god nope you don't get it at the time
1: and consequently this is also part of the reason i have mostly stopped drinking and i do not drink in crowds uh, because if somebody brings up a serious topic that i feel strongly about the alcohol taking away your inhibitions that really kicks in and then i get super soapboxy again and then i am so embarrassed the next day by my behavior Alcohol and and hot button topics do not go well together for me at all, cannot control myself.
0: Which Which I feel like says a whole lot that we have to inhibit ourselves from naturally just being that way. That the moment our inhibitions is taken away, we're not like murderous rampagers. We're like, let me tell you, I got some preaching to do. Like, that's what we're inhibiting from you all the time. This is how we're controlling ourselves.
1: So moving on from soapboxing, since we've talked about that a lot, we kind of soapbox about soapboxing. Moving on, number 14. Our next dick move is careless crusading. And this is dragging other people into your ill-chosen battles. I used to do this a lot when I was younger, too. I'm not going to lie. I, I did make a whole lot out of a whole lot of nothing quite a bit when I was in my late teens and my early twenties. And then I realized again, okay, I'm not only being an asshole, I'm also being counterproductive because it almost never goes well. And then a few years ago at one of the places that I was working at as a massage therapist, this thing happened that should never have become a thing. So They got us some basket to put hot towels in or to items from the break room to our rooms and whatever and they they had this whole protocol for okay this is what the basket is for and this is what you do with the basket and this is where you put it in your room when you get it to your room and this is where it goes when you bring it back to the break room so there's this whole protocol and when I looked at it I was like okay I'm gonna kind of do that because management's not coming into my massage room. They're not going to see exactly where I put it in the room. They're not going to see if I'm using it according to protocol, but you know, I'll kind of half-ass it. It's whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Other people that I worked with turned it into a crusade and it became a huge deal. And there was a battle of wills between the employees and the management over these baskets and how they were going to be used and you have to use them and they have to be used this way, but that's not fair. And that doesn't work well for us. And we're not okay with this. And it turned into this massive fight over a basket. A couple months after all of that had kind of calmed down, I was talking to one of the the members of management and I was like, Hey, just out of curiosity, I don't really care. Um, But out of curiosity, what was the deal with the baskets? And this person I was talking to who was more upper management, she said, well, we got a request from one of the employees to have baskets so that they could more easily carry their hot towels to the room. So we just provided baskets. And I was like, well, what was with the huge protocol? Well, there wasn't supposed to be a big protocol. We were just providing baskets in case you guys wanted to use baskets. So it became this big deal for no reason. Management got pitted against the employees because everybody was making it a bigger deal than it needed to be. It was supposed to be there to increase our convenience. It was not meant to be micromanaged and it was not meant to be a war it's just a basket and in the midst of all of that because i've i learned from those mistakes i'm not stupid about those mistakes and mostly just stupid about relationship mistakes but i'm not stupid about those mistakes i learned from my previous jobs and the stupid crusades that i started not to get involved so i would just take the basket to my room put it wherever the hell i wanted it and i wouldn't use it the way it was stated in the protocol and you know what happened to me nothing because nobody noticed And nobody cared what I was doing because I didn't raise a fuss about it. Crusades, guys. Why do we do these things? Why do we make big deals out of things that don't need to be a big deal?
0: Uh, I have I have done my share of careless crusading for sure, and again it comes back to that little bit of autistic rigid thinking. And so sometimes I will say though that this particular dick move is really a matter of perception because I do feel like sometimes I have gone on some very definite crusades that I feel needed to happen because I've been in previous jobs where they take you know federal regulations like OSHA standards or FDA regulations a little looser than I feel they should, and so I've crusaded that we should do that. And the upper management has not necessarily agreed thinking it was a waste of money or it wasn't really necessary. It wasn't really a safety issue. And I'm like, "Eh, federal laws are federal laws. But I don't know how that works anymore. Now that I found out that rules are apparently vibes and we don't have to follow them. So I don't know how that applies to laws. So maybe I was just careless crusading. I don't know. I try not to do it too much anymore, though. I try to pick my battles with intention. Though I will say my battles are picked based on what I give a fuck about anymore instead of other people. So, yes, I will sometimes careless crusade and I will choose this hill to die on. Even though I know this is a molehill and not a mountain, I will choose the molehill to die on because it's, it's my molehill. And this molehill is important to me and I don't care that it inconveniences you. Which... I think ties right into our next dick move. So number 15, which is convenience theft. And I believe we have all done this, though most of us will not admit to this. So this is inconveniencing other people to increase convenience for yourself. And I will give you excellent examples of a couple of the convenience thefts I do. You have a break room refrigerator. Everybody puts their stuff in it. They're supposed to label it, but they don't. And you just you need just a little ranch dressing because it's, it's going to make your leftovers so good. But you don't have any ranch dressing. But Tammy, Tammy in accounting has ranch dressing and nobody else is in the break room. You're just taking a little bit of Tammy's dressing. It's not a big deal, right? It's not... You're just taking a little bit of her dressing so that you didn't have to bring your dressing to work. And now Tammy has less dressing because everybody in the company just used a little bit of Tammy's dressing. And then you get the Careless Crusade because Tammy's like, look, this has my name on it. And now there's a whole protocol around the ranch dressing and the refrigerator because of people like me that are convenience thefts. Also, okay, so another one, which, okay, I might get some hate mail on this. I... I leave dog poo. I know. I know. Okay. So it's not a big deal anymore because I live in a rural area and it's like, it's the forest. Who's going to step in? A bear? Bears shit in the woods too. So it's like, what's the big deal? But yeah, in the cities, if nobody was around, I, I would, it was a 50 50 that I was going to leave that dog poo. Yeah. It was my convenience and it was going to be inconvenient for somebody else. So, eh. so you will
1: definitely get hate for that. But I'll, I'll call myself out on this too. For me, it was more a careless crusade. Because when I first started renting apartments, there was no such thing as pet rent. You paid a pet deposit that covered everything. The first time I got charged pet rent, I got mad. Because I was like, if I'm going to spend on top of my pet deposit $40 a month for my pet who lays around and does nothing, fine. You people can clean up his shit. Because I was angry about pet rent, I turned it into a crusade, and I refused to clean up my dog's poop. So now Autumn and I can both get equal hatred. This is why I tried to curb that behavior. Because it's... You know, careless crusades are, they they are a real dick move. Uh, Now, my my convenience theft dick move is, I, I think it's more benign. I don't know if my partner would agree with me or not. But what I do is if there's leftovers in a Tupperware container, I'll eat most of them, but not all of them. Because if there's still some in the Tupperware container, I don't have to wash it. It's not my responsibility. <laughs> it's somebody else's responsibility to wash it after they've eaten it. it. My partner, I will say, does have his own version of this. I don't know if he does in retaliation or if it's just his thing. Like, you know, my my <laughs> leaving a little bit of food in the Tupperware container is my thing. What he does is he'll eat everything in a box a box of cookies, he'll eat all of them and then he'll just put the empty box back on the shelf. <laughs> no, no. And I and I get so mad at him and then I remind myself that I leave just a tiny, like a couple bites worth of food in a container because I don't want to wash it. And I'm like, okay, we're even. So that's that's my convenience theft thing now. And and uh, Calvin does get his his, <laughs> his revenge on me. I have to, th- to throw away empty boxes and be disappointed that there's nothing left in them. And then he has to clean my dirty dishes because I just didn't want to wash them. <laughs>
0: At least for you, you do live that tiny bit. So at least there was one cookie left. So you get your hopes up for cookie, you still get cookie. So you still, there's a a little reward. Because I feel like when you just leave the empty container, then you're kind of stepping into number 16 dick move which is a mess lever because this is just a step above the convenience theft because with mess levers you're using up a significant amount of other people's resources so you don't have to expend yours so this may be intentional or unintentional i guess i guess if you're just throwing away an empty cookie box it's not a big deal but if you ate all the cookies And then you left your cookie dish mess on and then the the cookie sheet and the stuff burnt on it. And then somebody else had to come clean that up for you. You are a mess labor. You are also probably the reason there's the uh, sign in the break room that says, we're not your mom, we're your co-workers, clean up after yourself. (laughs) If if that sign's in your break room, you may look at your own behavior and be like, is that, is that for... Is that for me? I'm sure I leave messes. I'm sure I do. But this is one I'm a little blind to myself because this is actually, this is actually a really bad trigger for me from my childhood when I'm with mess leavers. Because again, the hyper responsibility, I have to adopt other people's monkeys. It's a dire need for me to adopt their monkeys. And so in my environment, I have to be responsible for things going correctly and things need to be okay and things need to be safe. It's part of why I'm so controlling. And so me and mess leavers, yeah, we we run into some issues, which is why I have some issues with my boyfriend. So this one isn't an actual literal mess. It's more of an emotional mess. But to me, it's totally a mess leaver. And so I'm going to call out my boyfriend on this. And one of the things he likes to do is not eat sometimes because he is ADD and Food just isn't that rewarding, and it's definitely not rewarding enough to actually have to prepare something, and so then he will not eat. And when he does not eat, his emotions go awry because of biological things happening and he gets grumpy. And to me, this is a mess because now I have to pick up the slack and worry. So he failed to eat. He failed to take care of himself, leaving a mess for me to take care of because now he is stressed out and emotional and I have to deal with that in my environment. (laughs) That's a little bit of a trigger mixed with the mess leaver I don't know if I'm a mess leaver like I try to not but I'm sure I probably go around leaving crumbs for other people that I don't notice
1: I, I don't know how much of it is you being a mess leaver and how much of it is me being obsessive about cleanliness but I'm just gonna say when I'm going to visit you about seven out of ten times I clean your house <laughs> so
0: I don't I don't know it's probably a little bit of both okay probably okay overly obsessive (laughs) on that note when I come to visit your house do you have to clean up behind me because that's the real like are you having to clean up behind me in your house
1: no uh because I think you at least respect how obsessively cleanly I am so you don't leave messes when you visit me and what Okay. One thing that I have done as a as a mess lever uh, that Autumn has actually cleaned up my mess before when we were both living in the same town and she would come to visit me. Even though I am an obsessively clean person, one chore I hate doing to the point that it's almost impossible to get me to do it is to take out the trash. I would set my trash bag outside the door in <laughs> the intention of taking it down the next time I went downstairs. But instead, it would sit there for like two or three days. And then Autumn would come to visit me and she would take the trash out for me because it would be sitting next to the door. So she would just take it because it's not that big of a deal. Uh, But for some reason, for me, it's always a big deal. And I will admit, I still end up doing that to a certain degree. I don't leave it sitting outside the door so much anymore. It's more that I leave it until it's so full that Calvin takes it out instead so that I don't have to. I don't know why taking out the garbage is such a big deal to me, but it's like the one thing I hate so much you can almost not get me to do it at all.
0: It's totally okay. That was just a little abandoned monkey. Every time there was an abandoned monkey outside your door and I'm like, come on, little monkey, I know where you live. I couldn't not. And it worked out. I mean, sometimes your issues line up, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's true. And thankfully, Calvin does not mind pretty much doing any chore that I don't like doing. So I've been really lucky with with him as well, just like I was lucky with you taking out my trash for me as a funny little side note on the mess leavers thing. I, earlier this morning, I had to go for an MRI. And because I knew I was going to be in the MRI tube for a while, I you know I, I was like, I better go pee. So I went I would pee. And I'm sitting there on the toilet, and I look over at the wall. You know, like most places, they have a sign like, don't flush tampons, don't flush maxi pads. That's not what it's for. Here's this trash can. Put it in there instead. The sign on the wall, yes, it did say, don't flush maxi pads, don't don't flush tampons. But it also said, do not flush water bottles or cans. (laughs) and in my mind and it was obviously a sign that was like it was not a mass produced sign it was a sign that they made and i thought who tries to flush a water bottle or a can but it had to have happened at least once for them to be like they had to make that sign so i'm really curious who tried to flush a water bottle and or a can <laughs> a medical office before their MRI.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think I'm going to skip back to delusions of grandeur on this one and feel a little bit superior to whoever was actually trying to flush a water bottle or a can because really? Okay, all right. So let's move on to Dick Move number 17. And uh yeah, this I think this is Probably Ivy's secondary signature move. I almost called her out on this one, but decided on the Circus and Monkeys one instead. So this one is number 17, Transportation pettiness. All right. So this is all the small shit you do in transportation areas, cutting people off, the standing up first on the plane to be the first out, setting your bag on the seat next to you in the bus or the subway so people won't sit there, or not leaving when people want their parking spot. I don't know what it is about transportation, and it's not just cars. It happens on the subway. It happens on the plane. It happens on the bus. It happens on mass transit, too. Something about moving from one place to another, brings out the dick move in in a lot of us. I'm not so bad about it. I think in part because I live in the middle of fucking nowhere, and so there's not a whole lot of traffic to interact with. I, I would say my two biggest transportation pettiness crimes is one, if you're tailgating me, if you're being an asshole behind me, I will go exactly the speed limit recommended for the current road conditions. So if it's snowy and kind of dark and you're being an asshole, be prepared to go about 35 in this 55 zone, bitch. <laughs> and then uh, my other big one, LED headlights. I don't know what obnoxious asshole thought of LED headlights. These things are like strapping two suns to your car. They are horrible safety violations and should not exist. They should be banned by the government but so many people have them especially in rural areas because they say oh my gosh it's so dark out here yes yes it is dark out here and when you come at me with two bright fucking sunlights, i can't see a goddamn thing because you have stripped my night vision for the next 40 fucking minutes so if you come at me with led headlights i'm leaving my brights on because fuck you partially fuck you and partially because i can't see anything and i'm just trying my best mr sunshine I also hate those LED headlights.
1: I've hated them from the beginning and I used to get mad at the random person that would have them and now everyone has them, especially here because in this area, tons of people have luxury cars and every luxury car has headlights that are brighter than a million suns. When I got my my new truck recently, it's an older truck, so it had more of the old school headlights, But because everybody has those bright ass LED lights, I literally couldn't see anything. It was like I didn't have headlights at all. Calvin had some LED headlights that he put into my truck, which my truck's headlight casings are not really built for those. So it's going to be extra blinding to people around me. But I am at the point now where I'm like, I hate you all. I don't care. (laughs) If you want to blind me, I will blind you even more. I have become a huge asshole on the road i just i have because i drive so much and people drive me insane it's those humans <laughs> 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 horrible humans everywhere around me living in a densely populated area has also brought out a lot of those particular delusions of grandeur but one of the things that i would never have done before i moved here Somebody will turn on their turn signal because they want to get over into the lane. And before I moved here, I was like, sure, I will let you over. I will be a courteous driver. Why not? I've stopped doing that. And I have become one of those assholes that when somebody turns on their turn signal, I speed up because I'm like, no, you can get in behind me. And why have I done that? Because 99.9% of the time that I have let them over, I have immediately regretted it because they're going 20 under the speed limit. They have no idea where they're going. They have now slowed me down. And they're being stupid because they don't know where they're going. And heaven forbid you find some place to pull over and check your map to see if you're going in the right direction. No, I'll just drive super slow and slow down the rest of traffic while I try to figure out where I'm going while I'm still driving. This is why I've become an asshole because of people like that. So that is like one of my biggest dick moves now. Somebody tries to get over in front of me. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Under other circumstances, A younger version of Ivy, a more naive version of Ivy that grew up in a rural community would have been courteous and let you over and not had an issue with it. But because I've had so many bad experiences now with letting people over and then them going, I'm not even kidding, sometimes 20 miles under the speed limit. No, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm sorry. You can get in behind me. That's that's what's going to happen.
0: So I'm going to move on from that dick move because I feel like that one could easily tinged into that uh, soapbox. I think we were starting to climb up on there just a little bit. I feel like once Ivy gets in the car, it is her circus. It is her monkeys. And all y'all are fucking it up for <laughs> I don't blame you. Okay, so moving on, moving on. All right. Number 18, dick move, script followers. This is intentionally laying down social script lines and then expecting the other person to respond correctly. And I feel like, yes, you know, I'm going to do the neurodivergent, neurotypical thing here. Yes, I know this is splitting, but I am pretty much calling out every neurotypical ever. Just about. <laughs> you all do this all the time and it drives me nuts because it feels like being manipulated. When you come at me, especially in America, and you say, how are you doing today? What you want me to say is, I am fine. How are you? Because that's the script and I feel that manipulation from you and it drives me nuts. Because again, that Richard thinking, you asked me, how am I? Rarely is the answer fine. <laughs> There's a lot going on in my life. And so the answer to How Are You is probably going to be a short novel at best. So don't ask me the question if you don't want to hear it. Now, I'm going to say this, though, because I have spent many a year studying the neurotypicals, being up and above the humans, as Ivy would say, and studying their their merry little ways. (laughs) I have become some of a script follower because it is a manipulative behavior. Whether you all want to agree with it or not, it is. And I enjoy having control and I enjoy having safety. And so I will lay down script lines to alter a situation to ensure it is my liking. So if somebody comes in and they look like they're about to reprimand me or be upset with one of my actions, you ask them a question and appeal to them about some knowledge they have because they're more important and superior to you. And that script indicates that they should play the part of guru and teacher and superior educator. And all of a sudden they're a superior educator and they're no longer the punisher. And you've just manipulated your self out of a talking to. I don't know, call that masking, call it manipulation. But yes, I have started using the humans' tricks against them. I
1: wish I had been smart enough to think of that, but I was not. I mean, you, you are the, the smarty pants in the family. So I guess it makes sense that you would think of that. I don't know if I would be able to use it though. While you were talking about it, I was like, that's a great idea. But I was also kind of gritting my teeth at the same time. Cause I hate Scripts. A lot of times, unless it is absolutely necessary for me to follow the script, I do not do it. And every time I do have to follow a script, every time somebody asks me how I'm doing and I'm having a horrible day, but I have to say I'm fine, a little part of me dies. It's cool. If you don't want to know the answer, just don't ask. That is the courtesy I extend to other people. If I see somebody in a bad mood, Unless I want to help them get out of their bad mood or unless I want to validate their bad mood or be a sounding board for them, I do not ask them how they are doing. I pretend as though they do not exist because that is what I want other people to do with me when I am in a bad mood. Unless you want to be of help in some way, shape or form, just don't ask.
0: And I think that ties right into dick move number 19, which is the opposite of dick move number 18, which is script flippers. So just as annoying as it is that there are scripts and we do have to follow them, it is also a dick move to go and intentionally fuck up the script. You refuse to be pulled into the scene society has written. And when that happens, because people had expectations, all of a sudden you have made people feel uncomfortable or on safe or on shore. And so while it's just as much a dick move to follow the script, it's equally a dick move, Ivy, to flip the script.
1: It is a dick move to flip the script, and I probably flip the script more than I follow the script. I mentioned it in a previous episode, I don't remember which one, but I mentioned that I don't do introductions between people. That's one of those social scripts that I really don't enjoy at all, so I just don't do it. If I'm with somebody, and I encounter another person out in the world that I know that does not know the person that I am with, I will not introduce them. If they want to know each other, they can introduce themselves. I won't introduce them. I will keep my contact with that person that I've encountered out in the world to a minimum because I am spending my time with the person that I am with. But I'm not going to go out of my way to introduce two people who probably have no interest in each other and will probably never see each other again. This is a waste of my time and effort. I know there's an elephant in the room. I refuse to address it. That's probably the the biggest dick move that I do with script flipping is just flat out refusal.
0: You just lay it down and walk away. <laughs> I'm not doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> which I feel like if we all did, then neither of these would be dick moves because there wouldn't be scripts and we'd just be authentically interacting, which would be nice, but apparently complicated for society, but whatever. Okay, so when it comes to script flipping, I don't think I intentionally do this, okay? And because... When you intentionally flip the script or set it down and refuse to interact with the script, you are intentionally adding chaos to a situation, which is frightening for me. So I do unintentionally flip the script because autism spectrum here. I wasn't given the fucking script book. So you all sometimes lay some script lines on me and I respond authentically or with what I think you want. But then I catch the look on your face that I have been trained to know, oh, shit, that's not the appropriate response. This is not okay, (laughs) because I can tell that now. And so that does still happen to me. Yeah, not as frequently as it used to, but it does. Um, But I don't intentionally do it because... Like I said in the last episode, I'm I'm lawful neutral. I, I feel obligated to follow the rules for the most part. I may manipulate the rules to serve me, but I, I will still follow them because I am not yet the, the chaotic evil I truly strive for. Someday, though.
1: Moving on, our last one, our last dick move for the day, pissing on the box. And this is intentionally thinking outside the box just to annoy the hell out of all of the people that are stuck inside the box, especially the people who choose to be stuck inside the box. All right, so this is definitely one that I do. I'll I'll call myself out again. Again, I am a bigger asshole than I realized that I was. This is one that I have always done, but it's not always intentional. I was always that person that asked the questions that nobody wanted to answer or pointed out things that nobody wanted to consider. And I've done this in all sorts of environments my entire life. The first time that I have a distinct memory of doing it, it was completely unintentional. It was at church, and we were raised Mormon. I was in Sunday school, and there was probably maybe eight other kids in my class. And I don't remember exactly what we were talking about. It might have been the war in heaven that we were talking about. And I remember asking, well why don't we pray for Satan? Because if we're supposed to love everybody, and God's love is unconditional, and God is all-powerful, and he wants all of us to return to heaven, and Lucifer was his son, then why aren't we praying for Satan as well? for God to mend the relationship that he has with Satan so that Satan can also return to heaven someday. This did not go over well. This is the first distinct memory that I have of being in trouble for asking a question nobody wanted to answer. Mom got called to the bishop's office (laughs) about it after the fact. I don't know what happened during that meeting, but Mom came out of that office... Pleased as punch. She was so proud of me for just thinking of a different, just thinking outside of the box because that's how mom was. She was always trying to think outside of the box. She was always trying to be creative and eccentric and different. And she just came out of that office just so happy and so proud of me. She gave me a big hug because I I considered something nobody else had considered before and I made other people uncomfortable in the process and she was very pleased with me. So since I got positive reinforcement for that, I, I have done it intentionally sometimes, but it's a lot of times it's unintentionally. I just, I want answers to these questions. I don't know. I have a very difficult time with the Christian God now. I'm very confused by the family dynamics going on there we're supposed to love our families, but then God disowned one of his kids. And I'm like, I don't know what to do now. Nobody has ever answered that question for me. And I don't think anybody ever will in a way that will satisfy me. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, sometimes pissing on the box, as Ivy has kind of pointed out with her stories here, is intentionally like unzipping and just letting rip because you're marking your territory. You're saying this is the box. Let's make it stink. And I think sometimes it's just because we weren't really adequately potty trained. (laughs) And I think this is why this is a dick move Ivy and I have, because we were not adequately potty trained. And so, yeah, we end up pissing on the box unintentionally a lot because we didn't know you weren't supposed to pee on the box. So I don't really have a personal example of this, but my boyfriend was telling me a story and I'm not sure where he got this from, if it was Facebook or something, somebody he knew, but I feel like this is such a, the, the epitome of pissing on the box. I just wanted to share this example of it. And he said that there were some people and they were playing, I think, Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. And the dungeon master's all like, you approach a princess and she's in shackles and you have to free her from the the dragon. You know, what do you do? And the player is all like, well, I cut off her hands and now she's no longer shackled. And so she can get away from the dragon. And it's like, yes, but... uh but no. And so you kind of see everybody just putting their head down into their head and shaking their head back and just like, and that's kind of, to me, that's pissing on the box with intent is just like the, I know this isn't the answer you're looking for. I am so aware this is not the answer you're looking for. And I get what you're trying to manipulate me into doing. And I'm just, I'm going to pee all over this parade because I don't want to be in it. (laughs) So Yep. And that 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 is our, our final dick move of the day. The takeaway that we hope that you guys get
1: from this episode is that dick moves are really just human moves. You know, Autumn and I call ourselves out a lot. We hope that you guys were able to find at least one of these things that you can relate to or that you've been able to think of some dick moves that you have because they are, for better or for worse, one of the things that links us together as humans. As resistant as I am to being considered human, I am human. And these dick moves, they are just human moves. And we have them for all sorts of reasons, to preserve our sense of self or our our sense of safety, to guard our resources, or because we are burnt out, we've reached our limit, we can't take it anymore. They are born from a natural tendency to self-preserve in one way or another. Would it be great if we could eradicate them completely? Sure. But that's not really reasonable to expect from ourselves what we can do is try to be better people and find the humor in the dick moves we have and also try to have humor about the dick moves other people have and maybe have a little bit more patience for them instead of being like me and seeing myself as above them because that's not okay i will admit to that so wrapping it up here we would love to know a couple of things from you guys one, what are some of your dick moves? Drop us something in a review, comment on our social media, send us an email, any of those things. Let us know what your dick moves are. Also, we would love to know, we are dying to know, Autumn especially, if you know who Liberace is. And don't look him up first. If you don't know, just be honest about it. Drop us a line. Let us know if you know who Liberace is so Autumn can indulge in her delusions of grandeur. <laughs> That would bring her so much joy. Uh, I also am curious just to know how many people don't know who Liberace is, because until Autumn brought it up, it never occurred to me that there were people who didn't know who Liberace is.
0: Yes, yes. Please do let us know what your dick moves are. Definitely let us know if you know who Liberace is. You know, Ivy said maybe it would be best if they were all eradicated, but I think I think dick moves are are just part of, you know humanity. And I don't know that I want them eradicated. And I think it kind of goes back to that thing I said at the beginning that it's okay to have a dick and it's okay to be proud of your dick. It's just not okay to force it down other people's throats. And I think if we eradicated all of our dick moves, we might be castrating ourselves a little bit and life would be just a teeny bit less fun, maybe a little less annoying. Yes. But sometimes the annoyance is what spurs the growth. So... Ivy, do you want to throw them all our connecty bits so they know how to tell us about their particular dick moves as well as the Barachi? I can do that.
1: And you've sold me on not eradicating them. I mean, I didn't really want to completely eradicate them because, to be perfectly honest, some of these dick moves that I have, I'm actually kind of proud of. I like the Not My Circus, Not My Monkeys. I'm pretty pleased with that part of myself. It is a, a part of my identity as all dick moves are they are parts of our identity. They are part of what makes us us and gives us character. So I, I will uh, cede to Autumn on this one. I think she got it right there. We should not try to eradicate them. Just mitigate the damage from them and then have fun with them. Just, you know, helicopter your dick around. <laughs> it's, it's fine. But don't, <laughs> don't expose yourself to other people when you do it. I mean, I've never done it before, but I've seen lots of men do it. They seem to really enjoy it. So I'm guessing it must be fun. All right. (laughs) You can find us at our website, www.differentfunctional.com. You can find us on Facebook as Different Functional. We are on Instagram and TikTok as Different underscore functional. And you can email us at differentfunctional at gmail.com. Please, please do tell us your dick moves and please tell us if you know who Liberace is. I really, really want to know. I might have more of an investment in it now than not. I'm I'm wondering if it might be like a Mandela effect thing. Like the people who don't know who he is, it's just Liberace didn't exist in their world, in their reality. Because I don't
0: know how you would not know who he is. I, I think you're going to be heartbroken if people do respond, because there's a lot of people that don't know him. It's the same people that don't know who Lawrence Welk is, which is less of a crime. But still, I mean, you really missed out on something if you missed out on Lawrence Welk. <laughs> Anyways, we will wrap up for today. We thank you all for listening. And as always, remember, different does not mean defective.